Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, God said to Adam, He said, Of all the trees in the garden you may eat of them, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is in the middle of the garden, you shall not eat from it, for in the day that you eat from it, you shall certainly die. Two chapters later, the first death comes. Chapter 4, the first death comes. Ironically, it's not a natural death. The first recorded death in the Bible is not a natural death. It is a violent death. It's the first uh, instance of domestic violence that we find in the Scripture. It is the first instance of murder that we find in the Scripture. It is the first instance of death that we find in the Scripture. And in that chapter, Genesis chapter 4, the first word from God is... A question. Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse number 1. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. And his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, here it is, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Back in the 1960s, during a tough economic period, there was a young man who was on his way home late in the evening from work. His path, walking home, carried him along the edges of a city park. It was dark, and as he was going along his way, along the path back home, at the edge of that city park, he saw a shadowy figure approaching him. Immediately there was a twinge of fear. As he got closer to that figure, he veered to one side. The shadowy figure also veered to one side. Unfortunately, they had both veered to the same side and ended up bumping into each other in the dark. As he went on down the street a little further, the young man on his way home got to thinking about that instance of having been bumped into, and he came to the conclusion that it was not an accident, and he reached in his back pocket, and his wallet was gone. He was overwhelmed with anger. 
He turned around in the darkness and he ran back in the direction from which he had come and he overwhelmed the shadowy figure, the other man, and he grabbed him and he said, give me the wallet. And the man gave him his wallet. And he turned, the young man did, and went back home. When he went into his apartment, he walked through his living room and kitchen into his bedroom and looked down on his bed, and the first thing he saw was his wallet. There was no way of escaping it. He had mugged somebody in his anger. Why are you angry? It was God's first Word after the fall to Cain. Cain was the son of Adam and Eve, the first son. And then the Bible says that later Eve got pregnant again, gave birth to their second son, Abel. These two boys, though brothers, were markedly different. Cain loved to stay close to home. He loved to garden. He loved to till in the ground. He loved the smell of dirt. He loved to f- the feel, the cool feel of dirt in the early spring on his hands. He was a gardener. Abel, on the other hand, would veer away from home. He was a hunter and he was a flock tender, a shepherd. He raised animals and he uh, uh, ate the meat from those animals. He drank the milk that some of those animals uh, gave him. He was a, a man of the outdoor country far away. And the Bible says that there came a time when these two young men, boys who became young men, brought offerings to the Lord. The text is silent as to whether God requested the offerings or required the offerings. But the two boys brought offerings. Cain, the Bible says, brought an offering out of the harvest of his garden. The Bible says that Abel brought an offering out of his flocks, from out among his flocks. And then there is a a parenthetical further description of Abel's offering. It says his offering came from the fat portions among the firstborn, the firstlings of his flock. And the Bible further says, and this is where the tension comes in, God looked with favor upon Abel's offering, but he did not look with favor upon Cain's offering. And the end result was that Cain became angry. And therefore God's question, why are you angry? There is a a later instance, later in the Old Testament in the book of Jonah, where a similar question is also asked. You remember that Jonah was a reluctant prophet. God told him to go preach to the people of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. Assyria was the arch enemy at the time of the nation of Israel. Jonah did not want to preach to them, but the end of the story, or close to the end of the story, he finally acquiesced to God's will. He went to Nineveh. He preached the word to them, a very simple, blunt message, 40 days and you will die. He goes up on a hill to watch what will happen to the city of Nineveh, and against all of his hopes and wishes, they repented. And they all turned to the Lord from the king in the palace down to the pauper who was homeless on the streets. And the Bible says that God relented of the judgment that he was going to bring on Nineveh. 
And Jonah became angry. It's the one book in the Bible where every, it was, it was one of the greatest revivals, perhaps the greatest revival in the history of the world, and everybody repented except for the preacher. Have you ever been to a revival like that where everybody repented except for the preacher? It happens more often than you'd realize in revivals. And God came to Jonah and he asked this question. It's similar to the question, why are you angry? He said this, he says, do you do well? To be angry? Now that's a key question. We could paraphrase it another way. Are you doing right by being angry? Are you accomplishing anything in your anger? For you see, in our anger, we will either be productive or we will be counterproductive. Now, scholars have debated for centuries why God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's. For me, I think the key is right in the text itself. It's very clear to me. And my opinion is that Abel brought from the fat portions of the firstborn of his flock. In other words, Abel brought the very best that he had. There is a a, a key description Uh, to Abel's offering that the writer of Genesis gives us that the writer does not give with with, uh, reference to Cain's offering. The Bible says that Cain just gave of an offering out of his harvest. doesn't say that it was his his best. It doesn't say that it was among the, the first fruits of his harvest. just said he brought a harvest. My take on this is that Cain brought the leftovers to God, whereas Abel brought the very best that he had. This sermon is about anger, but if you will, let me just step out of this sermon for a moment and say this. Are you and I bringing the best that you have to God? Is God getting the best of your commitment? Is God getting the best of your service? Is God getting the first fruits of your offering? I'm not going to go pew by pew here. But I will tell you that if I did, it would be an embarrassing service that we'll have this morning. Because the numbers of us, you and me, who are giving to God less than our best in our offerings, in our service, in our commitment, in our church attendance... The numbers of those giving less than our best is higher than the numbers of those who are giving their absolute best. And you know it. Isn't it time you started being able instead of Cain in your commitment? Don't you think it is? When our children's minister has to beg and plead and scrape and scratch and pray and cry over people not being willing to work in a children's department or a preschool or a VBS, don't you think it's time we started being able instead of Cain? 
When our offerings are not nearly what they ought to be, and yes, we're in a bad economy, and yes, people are having a hard time, but yes, if everybody gave a tenth of what they, their gross pay is to this church, we would not have the problem. Don't you think it's time we started being able instead of Cain? All right, let me step back in the sermon. Although some of you just heard all you really need to hear. Do you do well to be angry? I believe Abel offered his best. Now this is, this is further supported by Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 where the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament says this, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than came through, he, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And Cain becomes angry. Abel has offered up his best. Cain has offered up a leftover. God favors Abel. He rejects Cain. Cain becomes angry. Why are you angry? In this story, there's so many truths about anger that I think we need to see. And I want to just throw out the four truths about anger that you and I need. Because I know that in stressful times like these, some of us have shorter tempers than we normally would have. Some of you got angry this morning before you came to church. It's one of the great strategies of Satan. You get up and there's something, usually it's some little something, like he's already ready and she's not, or she's already ready and he's still in the bed not planning on going, and all of a sudden anger erupts, and by the time you get to church, you're in any type of mood other than the mood to worship God. Let me say this, number one, anger is a neutral emotion. Anger is neutral. What I mean by that is that initially, at the very start, anger is neither good nor bad. It is neutral, as are all emotions. Emotions like grief and sadness. Emotions like happiness and exhilaration. Emotions like fear and anxiety. Emotions like uh, anger and hatred. They are, uh, they are emotions that begin neutral, but they have the potential to be either good or bad. That's the reason why, John, why God's question to Jonah is so important. Do you do well to be angry? Your anger, Jonah, that you first received, it was uh, a neutral emotion, but now what are you going to do with this anger that you have? Anger can be good, and anger can be bad. Now, most of the time in Scripture, when you read about anger, the Bible strongly cautions us about anger. Most of the words about anger in the Scriptures are words discouraging anger, but not all of them. For instance, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, says this, and I think this is key. He says, In your anger, do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. King James says, be angry and sin not. Be angry. In your anger, do not sin. There is the possibility to be angry, and that anger not be or turn into sin. The problem is that anger, if it is left unrestrained, quickly crosses that fine line into sin. And that's what happens so often in our lives where it, where it pertains to anger. There's an example of anger that, that turned bad. In 2 Kings chapter 5, there's a great example in the life of Elisha, the prophet. The Bible says that there was a day when Naaman, who was a general for the Syrian army, contracted leprosy. Leprosy was a a terrible illness to have back in Old Testament times. And the, the Bible says that Naaman's servant had heard that Elisha the prophet could heal someone of leprosy. And so Naaman said, well, let's travel all the way to Israel and let's look up this man Elisha and get him to come out and touch me and pray over me or say words over me and I'll be healed. And they went to where Elisha was and a servant went into Elisha and said, Naaman, the general from Syria is here and he has leprosy and he's asked for you to come and heal him. And Elisha sent the servant back out. Didn't even go out and say hey or hi or how you doing to Naaman. He said, go tell Naaman to go wash in the Jordan River seven times. The servant went out and told Naaman, and Naaman was insulted. He said, the very idea. He said, why, the uh, rivers and the lakes of Damascus are far better than this gooky old Jordan River, this, this creek that people call a river, and it's dirty and filthy. It's, it's, I, I'd be insulted to even go down in the Jordan River. And he got angry, and he marched off. And in his anger, he almost missed the healing of God on his life. Had it not been for a servant who said, Sir, sir, if, if, the, if, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you have not done it? But now he's asked you to do a small thing. Why don't you just do it? Why don't you just bury your pride and do it? But Naaman almost missed it in his anger. Proverbs 29 says this, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Anger is a neutral emotion with potential for good and potential for bad. Now, the second thing I want you to see is this, whether or not anger becomes sin depends upon us. It depends upon you. And basically, whether or not sin, anger becomes sin depends on, on our answers to two specific questions. The first question is this, what was it that caused you to be angry? What made you angry? In Cain's case, God, rightly, had accepted Abel's offering. Therefore, Cain's anger, which was misplaced from the beginning... What made him angry was God's work on Abel, his accepting the first fruits of Abel's offering. Therefore, Cain's sin was wrong. He was in the wrong. What made you angry? 
You ever had a, a situation where a friend of yours, maybe a, a good friend, could have even been a best friend, succeeded in something and got a whole lot of notoriety? And although you'd never admit it deep down, you were not only envious, but jealous and, and to a certain extent angry over it. Angry over the success of a friend. The American author Gore Vidal is quoted to have said this. He says, whenever a friend succeeds, a little something in me dies. Has there ever been a time when you could relate to that? And he didn't say he gets angry, but, but certainly he has bad feelings about a friend of his. A friend, not an enemy, but a friend succeeding. That sin that is wrong. What made him angry? It, it, was, it was feelings that he should not have had. So what is it that made you angry? Now, on the other hand, let's suppose that you see a news report about children who are being abducted at young ages and sent into sex trafficking in downtown, no, not Bangkok, down, downtown, not, not ba downtown Atlanta. And you see that report and it makes you angry. I'll tell you what, there's not a decent, normal Christian person who should not be made angry by that story. And by the way, that story has been on the news, not this past week, but in the past two months. Sex trafficking among small children in Atlanta, Georgia. And let's say that in your anger, which was justified and not sin, you decided to do something about, something positive about what you had seen. And so the first question as to whether or not anger becomes sin is this, what is it that has made you angry? The second one is this, what are you going to do about it now? About three years ago in the community where I live, up and down Ridley Road, there was, uh, and at the beginning of the economic recession, there was an outbreak of burglaries on our road. People were broken into. There was one person who was shot. I don't, I'm not trying to discourage you from living on Ridley Road. It was really not that bad of a place, but about three years ago, there was a rash of burglaries. And there were people in our neighborhood who became angry over these burglaries, especially those whose houses had been burglarized. And so in their anger, they decided to gather the community together, as many as, as would, and start a neighborhood watch group. And they connected us through social networks and they put up signs, Neighborhood Watch, and they keep sending messages to us through email and Facebook and, and other ways and, and in snail mail. It was a good thing to do in response to the burglaries. It was a good way to funnel their anger. You see, whether or not anger becomes sin depends upon what it is that has made you angry and what you do as a result of your anger. There's a third thing I want you to see, and that is this. God helps to guide our emotions, including anger, in the right direction. He tried to do this with Cain. 
The Bible says Cain, Cain became very angry and his face became downcast. And God, who cared very much for both Cain and Abel, came alongside Cain and he said, Cain, why are you angry? Why are you so downcast? My, my mom and dad, when I was little, they'd say, why is your lip rolled out to your feet? What's the problem here, Cain? He says, don't you know that if you do well, you'll be accepted? You see what he's trying to do? He's trying to funnel, redirect Cain's anger into a positive direction. Now, if if Cain had done what he should have done in his anger, he wouldn't have been angry at God for accepting Abel's offering. And he wouldn't have been angry at Abel for offering a better offering. He'd have said, hey, I'm, I'm angry at myself because I know that I didn't give God my best. And so this anger could have prompted him to go back and offer a more excellent offering than he had at the first. That was the proper use of his anger. But Cain refused stubbornly to have his anger redirected. God said, don't you know that if you do well, as in do well with your anger, you'll be accepted. But he said, know this. He said, if you don't do well, sin is crouching at the door. The Hebrew phrase there for sin crouching at the door is the phrase that they used of a copperhead snake that was coiled at your front door and you didn't know it. And you opened it up and the least little crack allowed that snake to strike inside at you. Sin is like a snake, a poisonous, venomous snake. Crouching at your door waiting to strike the very moment that you crack open the door. God comes along every time we're angry. Every time we have an emotion that has the potential of getting out of control. God comes alongside of us through His Holy Spirit and He helps us to redirect that emotion in a constructive, in a productive direction. But it is up to us to make that decision. God will not force you to act in a godly way. Ben Carson is one of the premier brain surgeons in America. He has, he has been instrumental in developing uh, strategies, surgical strategies for the most complicated surgeries on two or three different occasions in the, the last couple of three years. He's taken Siamese twin babies and separated them with delicate surgery in a way that, that both babies would live. But in his book, he wrote a book and in his book, he relates the fact that when he was younger, as a teenager, his, his temper, he had a short temper that was, was just like a firecracker that went off. And he said, he said, there was a, a, a time in my life when my short temper almost derailed my entire future career. He and his best friend, Bob, were seated watching a television program and Ben Carson who would later be this preeminent brain surgeon, he was watching a program that he really liked, and Bob came along and did what you and I hate for somebody to do, change the channel. Man, that happens to me all the time. I'm watching the Braves game. Somebody comes along and changes the channel to some cooking channel. Billy Frey, Billy Frey, what's his name? That's him. And it made him angry. And so Ben Carson picked up the remote and he flipped the channel back. 
And Bob got the remote and he flipped it back again and anger just flew all over Ben Carson. He pulled out his pocket knife, he opened it up, and he shoved it toward the abdomen of his best friend. Luckily, his best friend had one of these big old western metal belt buckles. And the knife went into that belt buckle and broke the blade. It fell to the ground. And Bob looked at his friend in terror. And Ben Carson realized at that moment what he had done. And he, he threw the knife, what was left of it, on the ground. He ran home, went in the bathroom, and he laid prostrate in the bathroom of all places. Carried his Bible in there with him, opened it up to a, a verse in Proverbs. It talked to him about the man who's able to control his anger is stronger than the man who's able to take a city. And it convicted him. And right there on the bathroom floor, he begged God to help him deal with his anger. And he said, God, help me over time. And he said, now as a brain surgeon, I'm able to do what I do for God's glory while controlling my anger. What about you? Are you able to control your anger? Leads me to my final point, and that is this. We must use our emotions in a ways that complement Jesus Christ. Compliment means to praise, to say good things about. Use our emotions, also anger, in ways that, that complement Jesus Christ. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 4. He said, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, but get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. That is uncontrolled, destructive anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another. Justin Bowden is 27 years old. He lives in Minnesota. He recently pleaded guilty to fifth-degree assault charges for violently losing his temper. He was on his way to a class and ran into a woman who made some statement, a minor, unimportant statement, and it flew all over Justin, and he attacked the woman. He did not kill her, but he attacked her, left her bleeding. The class he was on his way to was an anger management class. Cain became angry. And in his anger... He lashed out at his brother and he killed him. When you and I are out in public and we become angry, be careful. Because when people look at you and me, if they know you and me, they may not be looking to see how Jimmy Orr handles anger. They're looking to see how Jimmy Orr's handling of anger reflects on his Savior. Why are you angry? Do you do well to be angry? 
Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are emotional people. And there are times when we allow our emotions to run unchecked. Lord, I pray that You would help us to heed Your help in funneling our emotions in productive directions. Lord, help us in our handling of emotions like anger. Help us to glorify You. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.